الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاه والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى اما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم واذ قال موسى لقومه استعينوا بالله واصبروا يورثها من يشاء من عباده والعاقبة للمتقين وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم المسلمون كرجل واحد إن اشتكى عينه اشتكى كله وإن اشتكى رأسه اشتكى كله أو كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم وسسبتر علماء الكرام رضي الله عنه throughout the world the common situation is that the muslims are in a very very pitiable condition downtrodden and all the difficulties that anybody could ever experience are being experienced by the muslims throughout the world while this is something that from time to time becomes a topic of conversation but merely talking about it merely just discussing and analyzing as some kind of past time that is not going to help us or help anybody else yes indeed to try and find what is the reason for this situation on the one hand to feel that pain to feel that hurt for whatever pain the muslim thing that is part of iman if we don't feel that pain then we have to question ourselves that what is the quality of our iman the hadith sharif nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam says al muslimuna one body taka ainuhu istaka kullu if the eye is in pain then the entire body is in pain if the head is paining the entire body is paining it is impossible to isolate the pain of the eye and the rest of the body enjoys itself cannot happen or the head the pain of the head is isolated the pain the head can continue paining but the rest of the body will enjoy itself it doesn't happen like that the whole body in solidarity with that one limb and organ that is in pain the whole body also feels the pain so this is the reality of what should be the umma that one part of the umma is in pain the entire umma should be feeling the pain that is a dictate of iman unfortunately because of the way that we have exposed ourselves to so many futile things our children from the time that they are growing up they are all the time engaged in all these games that they play on their devices war games and killing this is also one aspect on itself that if there's any animal things involved in that that is not permissible to sort of hood but they grow up playing this and it desensitizes them that this is part of a game then what is happening to the ummah who gets massacred is also part of the game the time comes when these things unless it happens to somebody very close very near and dear other than that it doesn't really make any difference who lives and who dies is part of the game and this is apart from the various many other harms that this brings the aggression that is bringing in children which is a recorded fact 
that these video games that they play and so on is creating tremendous aggression in children. Any case, that's not the subject now. But the point is that this condition of the Ummah at large, we are well aware of what is the situation all over the world. The issue is to try and look within ourselves, look around us, and look obviously in the Quran and Sunnah to try and see where does the fault lie. Have we brought this upon ourselves? So if you look into the Quran and Sunnah, one very, very clear aspect is that Allah Tabaraka wa Ta'ala has set a system. And that system is that the way the Muslims live, that is the conditions that will prevail upon them. One of the very crucial things is the lifestyle that a Muslim adopts. What kind of lifestyle does he adopt? If he adopts the lifestyle that Allah Ta'ala has given us in the Quran Sharif, Nabi Islam has taught us, then this is a guarantee for izzat and success in this dunya and akhirat. And if you adopt some other lifestyle, then that is going to draw down disgrace in dunya also. Allah Ta'ala forbid and save us even in akhirat. Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala an is on his way for the conquest of Baytul Maqdis. And it's a lengthy incident, but the rabbis had said that if the person of this description, which is mentioned in our scriptures, if he comes along, we see the same person who is described in our scriptures, will hand over the key to the city with, to him without any resistance. So any case, eventually Umar will come. So as he's traveling, he's coming with his one slave and on one camel, which is regarded as a very lowly animal for transport. And as they come through some point, he has to wade through some muddy water. So he takes off his socks, puts it on his shoulder, and he wades through that muddy water. Now he comes on to the other end, and the Sahaba that were there already, they meet him. So in any case, first they offer him some other clothing to wear, and one of the Sahaba makes a comment, and he says that, you are going to meet these royal people, and you are wearing the patch garments in this manner. So when he made this kind of comment, in other words, this is not going to be very good. We need to now bring some kind of conformity to what these people will be happy with. Umar strikes him in his chest. And he says that, I wish somebody else had said this besides you. Because it was Abu Ubaidah bin Jarrah who was a very high-ranking Sahabi. He says, it's your status basically, he was saying, that is preventing me from making you an example. To somebody else, I would have punished him and made him an example. And then he said to him, the golden words that he said, which we should inscribe on our hearts, and which is the lesson. He said to him, Kun, innakum kuntum nas, wa nas, wa nas. That you were a people that were the most debased, most lowly, most despicable people in the community and society. And you were the most, the smallest in number in terms of people, communities as a group. But then what happened? Islam. Allah Ta'ala gave you honor and izzat and respect by means of Islam. 
And then after he said, فَمَهْمَا تَطْلُبُ الْعِزَّ بِغَيْرِهِ يُذِلُّكُمُ اللَّهِ Whenever you are going to try to find izzat and honor in anything but in Islam, Allah Ta'ala will disgrace you. Allah Ta'ala will bring about that situation where... But if you have tried to look for honor and respect in anything but Islam, in the lifestyle of the Yahud and Nasara, in the manner of them, how they conduct their weddings, you want to conduct yours like that. How they run, they want to adopt their dress. How their woman dress, you want your woman to dress. What they think is izzat and honor, you want to take that as izzat and honor. Then remember very well, zillukumullah, Allah Ta'ala will disgrace you and debase you. Now this is what we need to reflect upon within ourselves, that to what extent we have adopted, and as we say, this is a whole story about the whole ummah and the whole society. But the society starts off, but as we say, charity, let us look within the four walls of our own home. To what extent the mu'asharat, the social life of Islam, has been established in our own homes? How we conduct our day-to-day lives within the four walls of our home, the way that Nabi Islam has taught. How we eat, how we speak to our environment is remember Allah Ta'ala. Or that environment makes one remember the pop stars of the world. And all the falling stars of the world. Now this is the aspect that we need to reflect upon, that to what extent onto the way of Allah Ta'ala and Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, the Qur'an and Sunnah, and how far we have strayed from that. When the battles were taking place in Shiddah's believers, when this happened and the forces of Hiraq, they came back completely defeated. Many of them were killed and those of So Hiraq gathered them and he was in He says, I want you to answer my questions. Tell me first, are these people you face on the battlefield, are they human like you or not? Are they some other species or are they human like you? He said, no, they are human like us. He said, are they greater in number or you are greater in number? He said, no, compared to our numbers, they are a fraction. We far outnumber them on the battlefield. He said, what is the problem every time that you cannot ever stand in their way? They just run over you. What is the problem? They are human like you. You outnumber them. So one old person stood up. An old person said, I'll tell you why. Now this is coming from a disbeliever, but somebody who saw the things correctly. And he analyzed it correctly. Unfortunately, sometimes we fail to analyze it correctly. What is Nahar? Munkar? He says, the reason I will tell you is, number one, at night performing salah. Now he's talking about, even at night, they are in times, in tahajjud, being this connection with Allah Ta'ala. They are talking about the salah of the night, meaning the tahajjud salah. There is no question about the five fard compulsory salah. Unfortunately, we want the whole ummah to rise, we can't rise up for fajr. Now, can we imagine the Fajr Salah and the other first Salah being missed, then how far the Ummah is gone? The Masjid is crying out for the Musallis. First he said, Qumun al-Layl, Qumun al-Nahar, they are even fasting Nafil fast during the day. And then he said, Wayufuna bil Ahad, they fulfill their promises. They are forever enjoining the right, forbidding the evil. 
Again, let us try and reflect upon ourselves. To what extent are we keeping this alive? In our own homes also. And They are very, very just with one another. There is no injustice. They are fair and just. Whether it goes against them, whether it goes to drag things towards, them, towards themselves unjustly. And then he said the other side of it. He said, Our condition is we are involved in intoxicants, we drink. We are involved in zina. Now to what extent Allah forbid are these vices rife in the ummah? And then we break promises and all kinds of haram. And then he further said, we command that which is wrong. And we forbid that which is right. What is right, we forbid it. Now how many times this happens unfortunately with us? Recently one young girl wrote asking for some advice. What is the problem? The problem is that she decided she will not be wanting to wear these western garb anymore. This jeans and t-shirts and all this is the kuffar style, the styles of the Jews. She doesn't want to be like that. She wants to dress like a Muslimah. So because she decided that, her own parents and her family all jumped down on her. What's wrong with you? Now, can you imagine? This is just one example. Just one example for us to reflect that when somebody wants to do the right, her own parents, her family members, everybody wants to now oppose that. And if somebody wants to do the wrong, everybody is there to encourage it. Everybody there is to, there to support it. Somebody wants to have a wedding very, very simply, in the sunnah manner, without all the extravagance, without all the lavishness, then everybody will be there to now make a negative comment about it. That are you want to, to host a funeral or what do you want to host? And if somebody wants to do things in a style, in the kuffar style, then there will be a lot of good comments. A lot of praises, mashallah, you really did it well. We'll even say mashallah on that. Allah Ta'ala forgive us and save us. So this is the analysis. This is the analysis that he made. This is why we are debased at that time he's talking about. This is why we cannot stand in front of the Muslims at all. Because they are these kind of people and we are these kind of people. Unfortunately, we have adopted that same style that they have. Many a times the issue people raise is the problem unfortunately is that the Muslims don't have any leadership and all these. Everything is in its place. By all means, Muslim leadership, this is something in its place. But the reality is and history has proven that if the society is corrupted, the lifestyle of the society is away from Islam and Deen, then despite the best leadership, it will not last. And there are various eras that this has been noted in. And in particular, if we take the era of the Salahuddin Ayyubi Rahmatullah that what a personality he was and what kind of situation he brought about. He brought about the Remembrance of the Khilafat Rashida. And after having established this leadership, and when he passed away in 589 Hijri, but then unfortunately those who succeeded him, they changed their line. They got caught up in the materialism. The focus of life became the material things of dunya. And obviously with the abundance of wealth, because wealth was pouring in, then the entire focus of life together with materialism became entertainment. 
a person like Hitler, many a person nowadays also, lives from Monday, waiting for Friday, waiting for the weekend. So how he can enjoy himself? He earns from the beginning of the year to have a holiday at the end of the year. His life ticks around entertainment. And take away the entertainment of his devices, take the entertainment of his other things of a day-to-day -day nature, he is like a fish out of water. His life revolves around that entertainment. And if he cannot get satisfied with that he is within the limits, he will go to haram. He will start looking at haram, he will start involving himself in all kinds of other haram activities to keep himself entertained. So in that time also, unfortunately, this entertainment became the focus of life. And within 67 years of this great khidr that had been established, 67 years only, things dropped so low that within 67 years, the Tartars invaded Baghdad and 1.8 million Muslims were massacred and killed. In 67 years only, but what happened was, the same society became corrupted. The society changed their whole life direction. Um, that was abandoned, being their entire purpose in life. And it became such a thing that when the royal processions would come out, on the occasions of Eid, etc. Now this was like a very big event, and obviously a lot of excitement. So people would get so enthralled in this, and so caught up in it, there were times when the Eid Salah, because it would start off early in the morning, the Eid Salah got so delayed, they performed the Eid they performed their Eid Salah at the time of Maghrib because of this entertainment. Ask ourselves how many times we let go our first Salah because of entertainment. How many times our first Salah has been omitted, Allah forbid made Qaza, and sometimes even the Qaza wasn't performed because of entertainment. Then we still are asking the question, why is the Ummah debased? Why is the Ummah disgraced? So, whatever the other issues may be, all that is in its place, but charity starts off. We have to start bringing this Islamic lifestyle in our own homes, in our own lives. We have to start turning to Allah Taala, bring the sunnats alive in our homes. This is where the Islamic lifestyle starts. In the simple things, the sunnats of eating, sunnats of dressing, sunnats of daily interaction, and bring alive the teachings of Rasulullah bring alive the ta'aleem in our homes. This will start bringing alive the mu'asharat and Islamic lifestyle in our homes. Otherwise, this is how things have happened. That in this short space of time, 67 years, from where to where, though there were other factors involved, that the Shia became complicit in this, one, two ministers who were Shia, and they led to this downfall in a sense where they weakened the army by dismissing so many, so that this collapse could take place. The treachery of the Shia played itself at that time as well. But that being one of the issues, the point is that the whole society had now crumbled in terms of their deen, in terms of their way of life. The way of life of deen had gone. We want to bring this izzat back to ourselves, to the ummah at large. We have to come back to the way of Rasulullah Bring the sunnahs alive. Bring the dressing of deen alive. Bring the identity of a Muslim alive. Bring all the commands of the Quran Sharif obviously alive. In this way we will find that sukoon, that peace and tranquility in this dunya and dunya is a very small place and a very short stay. The real place is akhirat. We will get that everlasting bounties of the hereafter. Allah wa ta'ala bless us. Wa akhirat da'wana alhamdulillah.